All right, Jabosei, good morning. Let us, let us begin. Baruch Hashem, we have many sponsors for today to thank our, to thank our, to thank our Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of Elul, Avram and Shane D. Kelman for dedicating all the Shurim and Drashos this month in memory of their parents. We hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, the Neshamas will have an Aliyah and the family a Nechama. To thank our week of learning sponsors, Jesse and Rivka Mayravitz, in honor of the birth of a baby boy, to Shmuel and Shira Artman. Mazel tov to the Artman's mamish just yesterday evening. And our Dathyomi sponsors for today, Ari and Shoshana Lerner, wishing a Mazel tov to Shmuel and Shira Artman on the birth of a baby boy and wishing health and Mazel to the mother and baby. We wish the Artman's Mazel tov, they should be Zoha. To be machnis, their son of Bisho Shabbat Mavino Bismano, and Bizoch and Mers Hashem, Lachnuso, the Torah, the Chopa, Ulamaisim Tobin. All right, to boast with that, let us, let us begin. Let us begin. So, I'll say a lot, a lot to do today. Baruch Hashem. Let's pick up. So, first of all, thank you to Rab Kalman Akiba for giving, for giving Shir over the last couple of days. Always, always an incredible treat. Baruch Hashem. To have him, uh, to have him be a wonderful malamakam. So we'll see with that. Let us begin. Today's daf is Memtes forty nine. We have an incredibly exciting daf ahead of us today, and let's pick up Emir Tzashem with. I believe you left off four lines down from the top of Memtes Medav, correct? Right. Eight, eight, lines eight lines down. Good. We'll start four lines down. Emir Tzashem. Good. I don't want to miss out. All right. So we'll say. So let's pick up Emir Tzashem. I'm Rabbi Yochanan. So we'll say four lines down from the top. Am Rabbi Yochanan. Shisin misheshes imebereshes nivru. The shisin. So remember again, we've spent an extensive amount of times focusing on the mizbeach, specifically again for the wine and and for the libations for the nesachim. There were two bowls. The Mishnah told us two silver bowls on the left hand corner of the mizbeach, and those bowls emptied into shisin. Shisin are these holes on the mizbeach which emptied into a cavity. A fundamental machlokas as to exactly what happened with the shisin. Did the shisin extend all the way into the tahom? We'll, we'll discuss this again today. Did they extend all the way into the depths of the earth or did they empty into some type of receptacle as we'll discuss? So Rabbi Yochanan, shisin mishishis nivru. The shisin were created during the six days of creation. Shina emar. The Gemara over here quotes the Pasuk from Shira Shirim. Chamuke yerechayich kimochaloim ma'aseyedei aman. Ma'aseyedei aman. So the, the, the Pasuk literally says, Chamuke yerechayich literally means your rounded thighs. Kimochaloim are like jewels ma'aseyedei aman. Are literally the work of a craftsman. What does this mean? Chamuke yerechayich. What does it mean? Your rounded thighs. Eloa shisin. This refers ultimately again to the Shisin. Kimochaloim, what does it mean, Kimochaloim? Shemechulalim, the Yardin Ad Hatahom. That literally again, they're hollow and they extend all the way down into the Tahom. Ma'aseyide Aman, they are the work of a craftsman. Zu Ma'aseyide Umnaso Shalakodish Barachu. This is the handiwork of the Ribano Shalolam. So we'll say, this is a very fascinating Gemara, because what does this mean? In other words, the Shisim are interesting, but what, what, what exactly does this mean, that the Shishas were created, Mishashas and Abraishas? So first of all, everything's created, Mishashas and Abraishas, right? Everything. But, but the Shisim, the Shisim, were in the Mizbeach. So what, 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 is this, what does this mean, ultimately, again, that the Shisim were created during Shishas and Abraishas? It's just strange. First of all, I'll say, in general, whenever you see Chazal employ this Lashon of something created during Shishas and Abraishas, that means that this item is of pivotal 
importance. Like the Mishnah Berge Avis that says, you know, the Asar Dvarim, the 10 things that were created Ben Hashemashas on Friday afternoon. You know, the Sheshim Ebrishas. These are things that were necessary for pivotal events in the world. Pia Asan, right? The Mouth of the Dangi, the Staff of Avram Avinu, the Chamar of Avram Avinu. What, what, so what does this mean? The Shisim were created during Sheshim Ebrishas? So we'll say, so two things, two possibilities. Possibility one is that what the Gemara is telling us is that the Beis HaMikdash itself is part and parcel of the fabric of creation. The idea that the Shisin, which is again the cavity to go ahead and receive the Nesachim from on the Mizbeach, was created during Shishnei Bereshis, is that the Beis HaMikdash is not just a nice thing. The Beis HaMikdash itself is part of the very fabric of creation. Vaharayo, a pivotal part of the Beis HaMikdash, the Shisin, was created during Shishnei Bereshis. There's another piece also, which is, the Shisin, at least according to the opinion being reflected now, empty into the Tahom, the depths of the, the depths of the earth. What, what is that? We're, we're going to see, by the way, there's more to this Tahom dynamic. We're going to see an incredible Gemara with David HaMelech in just, a, not today, but in a couple of days. This notion of the Tahom, the depths, right? So we'll say, what's, what, what's the depths? So the depths of these great cavities inside of the earth, representing the idea that in life there is so much more than meets the eye. You know, the shisin empty into this place that we don't even know, that we don't even understand. When the Gemara says that the shisin were created during Sheshis and Mebereshis, what Chazal are trying to express to us is there is so much more to life and so much more to the world and so much more to the tachlis, to the plan of the Ribbon Olam that meets the eye, that we don't see. You know, sometimes in life we think we have it all figured out. I think I know everything. I see all the pieces. I see all the players. I know how all everything works out and I don't. And I don't. And one of the most important pieces in developing a proper emuna is a recognition that there's a tahom, there's a great chasm, right? There, there, there's a great void that exists, that, that, that houses the Ribbon Shalom's plan that I don't know. And I have to humble myself to that reality that I don't have all the answers. I won't have all the answers. So what happens? Can you imagine this? You're the coin. You pour your yayin, right? You pour your, you pour your wine into the silver bowl. And where does it go? Where does it go? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Couldn't tell you. I know it goes down that hole. And then where does it end? No idea. What a humbling experience. What a humbling experience for man who is accustomed to having the answers to everything. Ask the Kohen Gadol, where does the wine go? I don't know. I don't know. And that ability to say, I don't know. Like the Gemara says, Lamad l'shon chalomar odea. Teach your tongue to say, I don't know. The ability to say, I don't know. The ability to say, I don't understand. The ability to say, I don't have to understand how HaKadosh Baruch Hu runs his world or why or how he does things. That, that, that nakuda of humility is necessary for emuna, necessary for a successful living. Turn the Be'er Bishmal. Bereshis. Al tikri bereshis. So we'll say, again, same idea. The Gemara says, it's not bracious. It's not bracious. But bracious, but the first word in the Torah. The first word in the Torah. It's not bracious. It doesn't mean in the beginning, rather, what does it mean? Barashis. Because Baruch Hu made the Shisin. Really? The first thing the Torah Kedosha teaches us is that God made the Shisin? That, that, that's like the most important lesson that the Ripon Olam needs to lead with? Elamai, if you understand the Hashkafa of the Shisin, which is, there's a great chasm, there's a great void, there's a lot that happens underneath the surface that we don't know. The ability to accept the fact that a Baruch Hu runs the world 
And I often don't understand how he runs it, why he runs it, why he does what he does. The ability to accept that is the truth is the only way to hold on to your emuna in the midst of all different types of life circumstances. So yes, the first thing the Torah Kedosha teaches us is Barashisin. That's the first lesson in the Torah. Incredible. Tanya, Rabbi Yossi, Omer, Shisin Mechulalim, Yodin Adat Hom. So here Rabbi Yossi says it explicitly, the Shisin are a hollow cavity and go down all the way until the Tahom. And I will say, we will discuss later on what exactly is in the Tahom. Right? Tahom literally means, you know, the abyss. The abyss. We'll, we'll discuss what's, what, what is there. Shnei Amar, Ashir No. The Gemara very quotes the Pasuk from Yeshaya. Ashira na liyididi shiras dodi lekarmoher. So let me read. Ashira na liyididi. I will go ahead and now sing to my beloved. Shiras dodi lekarmo. Kerem haya liyididi. Bekeren ben shemen. My, my beloved one had a kerem, had a vineyard. Bekeren ben shemen. Vayizakehu. Now Rashi says over here, vayazkehu, sorry. Vayazkehu means, Rashi says, he put up a fence. He removed the stones. He planted vines. He built a tower inside of it. And he made a vat inside of it as well. What does this mean? So, what does it mean? He planted vines. This refers to the base of he built a tower inside of it. Zemizbeach. This refers to the altar. Vegam Yakev Chatzavbo. He made a vat inside of it. Elo Ashisin. The vat refers to the Shisin. Tanya. So again, once again, you see the beautiful poetic, you know, metaphor referring to the Beis Hamikdash, referring to the Mizbeach, all understanding. But it's fascinating again that the Shisin are thrown in here. It's only once I understand and appreciate the hashkafa of the Shisin, that I understand why they're even mentioned in the same Pasuk as the Beis HaMikdash and the Mizbeach itself. Tanya, Amr Rebbe Tzadok, Lul Katan, Haya Bein Kevesh LeMizbeach B'Marabo Shal Kevesh. So let's listen to this. There was a small, Lul means a hole or an opening. Really what it means is a separation. Remember again, we saw this before in Yuma. The ramp of the Mizbeach did not go flush up against the top of the Mizbeach, right? We're talking about over here, obviously, the outer Mizbeach, right? The Mizbeach Hanachoshes, the copper altar, which was used for animal sacrifice. So the ramp did not go straight up to the top. There was a space. There was a space. So On the western side of the ramp, listen to this. Once every 70 years, Pirchei Kuna Yarden Lasham, the young the young Kohanim would go into that little uh, space over there. Umalaktin Misham Yayin Karush Shadomila Igule Dvila. They would collect from there congealed wine that was like a cake of pressed figs. So we'll say, just so you understand what's happening over here is they would pour wine in the Mizbeach. So some of the wine would go into the Shisin, right? But then there would be spillage over the side. The stuff that spilled over the side would kind of collect in the space in between the ramp and the Mizbeach itself. So once, what would happen? It congealed. So once every 70 years, the Pirchei Kuhuna went in between the, the, in the space over there. And the, the wine it congealed to the point that it was, it was a solid mass, like a cake of pressed figs. And they would go and clean it out. And they would go ahead and burn it in Bikdusha. They would burn it in a holy place. Now look at Rashi for just a moment. Rashi towards the end of the daf. Rashi says, First of all, Yeladim Kohanim 
Ultimately, again, young Kohanim. They will say that I will point out to you why did they send the Pirchei Kahuna there? Why, 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 why the Pirchei Kahuna? Why? So, first of all, it could be little hands, right? That, 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 that could be it. I think there's also another lesson over here that one of the most important things to teach our children is that in the context, right? First of all, clean up after yourselves, right? But also in the context of communal service, in the context of cloud work, no job is beneath you. It's an incredible, incredible you saw. The same way that the first thing that the Kohen Gadol, be, or the Kohen, excuse me, begins in the morning with is what? Chumas Hadeshen. Chumas Hadeshen is effectively what? Taking out the garbage. Taking out the garbage. Right? The, the, when it comes to serving your people, when it comes to serving your people, there's no such thing, there's no such thing as something uh, that, that's beneath me. That's beneath me. So if it's taking out the ashes, right, or if it's cleaning up the congealed wine, we dafka give that to the Pirachai Kuna, to the kids, to show that halacha lamaisa again, in the service of the Ribbon Shalom, in the service of your klal, no jobs of you. I know I've mentioned this many times that Rabbi Price. Zichron Levracha, who I never, I never had the opportunity to meet the previous Rabbi of the Shul. So he used to put out the, you know, there's a board, and we don't use it anymore. But there's like, um, you know, one of those old, old time, uh, you know, like what are they called? Yeah, like announcement boards, like right outside, right outside. So he used to, he used to put up the, it's a, it's a glass case, right? right? You know, so it was, you know, morning services, afternoon service, you know, mom, it's just old school. So apparently he used to, he used to put out the lettering over there. I'm sure there would have been someone else to put out the lettering. But it's, um, it's, it's something really amazing because, you know, often when it comes to, when it comes to the service of the community, we often like to be involved kind of in the high level stuff, which of course, and that's beautiful. And what we often term as the menial things or the things we like to outsource. But here you see the Pirchei Kuna themselves, the children. We have to get the children to get in there, to teach them nothing is beneath us in the, in the service of the Klal. The Yorah goes right there. B'Sarfim B'Kedusha, Rashi says, B'Sarfim B'Kedusha, B'Makum Kaddush Ba'azara. Now this is very interesting. Where would they dispose, where would they dispose of the congealed wine? B'Makum Kaddush Ba'azara. They would dispose of it in the courtyard of the Beis HaMikdash, this is very interesting. Rashi understands over here that they were taking it out of the Shisin, which is not the Pashat Pshat in the Gemara. Not the Pashat Pshat in the Gemara. Also goes against the position of Rabbi who says that the Shisin went down into the tomb. So we're going to discuss this in just a moment. So that's a, the reason Rashi says this is here is because they're not collecting it actually from the space in between the ramp and the Mizbeach, rather collecting it from the Shisin. Again, we'll clarify this in just a moment. The point over here is they would burn this congealed wine in the Azara. As opposed to burning it outside of the Beis HaMikdash, they would burn it inside the Azara. Shene Amar, Bakodesh Haseich Nesech Shechar Hashem. Because the Pasuk says, Bakodesh Haseich Nesech Shechar Hashem. Now what does this mean? Amad Beis, Kishem, Kishem Shini Sucha Bikdusha, what we dash from that Pasuk is the same way that the Nisuch, that the pouring of the wine, right? The Nesach, right? Is done, Vikdusha, is done in the Beis HaMikdash. So to the burning of the congealed wine is also done, Vikdusha, in the Azar. So I'm Ashma. By the way, where do, where do you see that? Where do you see that in the Pasuk that we're equating the libation with the disposal? I should say the disposal with the libation. Amravina Asya Kodesh Kodesh. 
we make a Gzera Shava of Kodesh Kodesh. Rashi says, first of all, look at Rashi. Mani Sucha B'Kedusha, Lo Yolef Mehacha Elishes Reifasa B'Kedusha, Velo Bechel Chutz La'Azara. Aval Hotza Asa Misham Pshita Le'Kedusha Lo Yismalu, Velo Tzarech Kra. So say, just to point out, Rashi is just explaining, the Pasuk is not teaching me that I clean out the Shisin. That's not because obviously, well, we'll see. Obviously, you have to clean out the shisin because otherwise it gets backed up. We'll, we'll, we'll discuss exactly how that reconciles with Rabiosi's opinion in just a moment. Rather, the Gemara is saying the Pasuk comes to teach me that the disposal of the congealed wine must be done by Kedusha. Now, the Gemara is learning that out from the Pasuk of Bakodesh Haseich Nesach Sheikhar Hashem. The Gemara says, How do you see that in that Pasuk? Where, where, where do you see that? So the Gemara says, My Mashma, Rabina, Ase Kodesh Kodesh. We make a Gzir Shava of Kodesh Kodesh. Ksiv hacha ba kodesh haseich nesach uksiv hasam visarafta es hanosar. The pasuk says over here by the nesachim ba kodesh haseich nesach, right? And then it says also by the disposal, ultimately again of karbanos visarafta es hanosar ba eish lo yachal ki kodeshu. So we'll say the fact that he uses the same word kodesh by the disposal of sacrificial matter, the burning of sacrificial matter, which is done. In the Kodesh, it uses that same word Kodesh by the Nesachim to teach me that what? The disposal of the congealed wine must also be done in the Kodesh. So the Gemara says, Kiman Azla, Kiman Azla, Hadisanya, Nesachim Betchila Ma'alin Bahem. So let's listen to this. So listen to the following opinion. Nesachim, if you have a wine libation, in the beginning, right? Betchila Ma'alin Bahem. That will say now Rashi, what does it mean Bitrila? Look at Rashi. Bitrila Modan Lahan, third line in Rashi. Mishuhukdishu Achinis na Achinis Achenis Nasku Yeshbohem Meila the Kachegavaninu. So we'll say listen to this. From the time that you consecrate the wine until the time that you offer it, ultimately again it is subject to Meila, which makes sense, right? Meila means misappropriation of any consecrated item. So if you consecrate wine, you designate wine to be used for Nisachim purposes, and then you misappropriate it. You go and you use it, uh, you drink it, you use it for something else, that's Meila, okay? Yardul Shisin, but once the wine goes down the Shisin, ain't Ma'alin Bahan. Ultimately, again, it's not subject to Meila. Now the Gemara says, Who's a pain that now? Here's what's interesting. The fact that it says once it goes down into the shisin, it's not subject to meila. What does that tell you? What does that tell you? That somehow you could retrieve it after it goes down the shisin, right? Because remember again, if once it goes down the shisin, it goes down into the tahom, you know, as they say, there's nothing to talk about anymore because at, at the end of the day, the wine is no longer accessible. The fact that it's telling me that the wine is not subject after it goes down the shisin tells me something about the shisin. So who is that? Lema, Rabbi Elazar Bar Tzadiki. It must be Rabbi Elazar Bar Tzadik. Why? Because what's Rabbi Elazar Bar Tzadik holds that the shisin did not go down to the tahom. It didn't go down. The shisin he, hold, he held was a receptacle. Was a receptacle. And therefore we'll say again, like we saw before. Remember, this is, let's go back for just a second. Rabbi Lazar Bar Tzadik, Rabbi Lazar Bar Tzadik holds that actually the Pirchei Kahuna, when they were cleaning out the congealed wine, where are they cleaning it out from? Where are they cleaning it out from? The Shisin, right? So remember again, that's why I, remember I, I pointed out to you, when you read the Gemara, the Gemara seems to indicate they are talking about the space, well, the, seems to indicate they are talking about the space between the Mizbech and the Ram. Rashi throws in here the Shisin, right? Rashi throws in here the Shisin. 
This is reflective of Rabbi Lazar Bar view that the Shisan did not go down to the Tahom. And therefore, every once in a while, the Pirkei Kuna or someone would go ahead and clean out the Shisan. So therefore, when we say that wine, once it goes down, the Shisan is not subject to Me'ilah, whose opinion is that? Whose opinion is that? Rabbi Lazar Bar who held that obviously the Shisan did not go down to the Tahom. Because if it was the Rabbanan, Had Nachsu Leil Tahom. We'll say first white line, then test on the days. Because if it's the Rabbanan, the Shisan go all the way down to the Tahom. If the Shisan go down to the Tahom, then what? There's no discussion about wine once it goes into the Shisan, because that wine is not accessible. To which the Gemara says, maybe not. Afilutim Rabbanan. It could even be according to the Rabbanan. How so? Bid Iklat. Where let's say Rashi says, Bid Iklat. It's the last white line in Rashi, the Iglat, in Talakli, Besoch HaShisin Vikibel. It could be, I will say, that even according to the Rabbanon who hold, that Halach HaLamayi said the Shisin go down to the Tahom, let's say you suspended a utensil inside of the Shisin. Right, let's, say, let's say you did it. Don't ask why, but let's say you did it. So, that, so therefore, again, you caught the wine after it was poured into the Shisin. So even the Rabbanon would hold that once the wine was poured into the Shisin, it's not subject to Me'ilah anymore. Okay, so we'll say, see, interestingly enough, let's just focus on what everybody agrees with. Everybody agrees on the fact that once wine goes down the Shisin, ultimately no longer subject to Me'ilah. Machlokis, fundamental machlokis now about the structure of the Shisin. Rabbi Lazar Bar Tzadik saying it was just a receptacle. It was a receptacle inside of the Mizbeach. It could also be, yeah, it was a receptacle inside of the Mizbeach or a receptacle that flowed outside of the Mizbeach. So we'll say, just to put together the Pashat Pshat in the Gemara, with ultimately again, because remember the Gemara, going back to Rabbi Lazar Bar Tzadik, Rabbi Lazar Bar Tzadik says, Lul Katan Haya Ben Kevish Mizbeach. The Gemara is clearly talking about what? A space between the altar and the ramp. Rashi says it's talking about the Shisin. How do you reconcile those two? It seems to be the Pashat Pshat be that according to Rabbi Lazar Bar Tzadik, there was a hole on the bottom of the Mizbeach. So you'd pour it down the Shisin. The wine would ultimately again congeal either in the Mizbeach or by the ramp over there. That's what they would clean out. That's what it sounds like. Or there was a receptacle inside of the Mizbeach itself. Either way, once the wine goes down the Shisin, no Mi'ilah. No Mi'ilah. Machlokes about the Shisin themselves. So the Gemara says as follows. V'yikid Amri. Others say, second wide line. V'yikid Amri. Le'im Rabbanon hivalo Rabbalazar bar Tzadik. It must be the Rabbanon and not Rabbalazar bar Tzadik. How so? Di'i Rabbalazar. Because if it was Rabbalazar, Akati Bikdusha Saihu Kaimi. Ultimately, you know, it's according to Balazar that the Shisin were a receptacle, so ultimately what? The wine should still retain its Kiddusha. It should still retain its Kiddusha, to which the Gemara Sakati Bikdusha Sayukaimi. I feel like Balazar, because we'll say, remember, according to Balazar, why would the wine still retain its Kiddusha even after it's been poured into the Shisin? Because if you know that the Shisin is a Kli, Right? That means it's being held in a kli. Alright, it's not a kli shari, it's not a service utensil, but it's being held in the mizbeach. So, of course, if it's being held in the mizbeach, it should go and retain its kidusha. Kamashman, the Gemara says, I feel Tim Rabbalazar, This is a cloud we already saw before. Once something has been used for its designated sacrificial purpose, everyone agrees it's no longer subject to mi'ilah. So this is very important, right? Mi'ilah means, mi'ilah, mi'ilah, something is only subject to mi'ilah if it has not yet been used for its designated purpose. But once it's served this role, it's no longer subject to mi'ilah. Okay, I will say, so we could have a little of a, so again, everyone is agreeing that once the wine goes down the shisin, 
ultimately not subject to Mila. What's the fundamental machlokis over here? What did the shisin look like? Was it a receptacle inside of the Mizbeach? And or or ultimately again, was it was it an actual an actual um um what was it was it more of a uh, what's the right word? Not a tube but a, a hollowed-out cavity that led down to the tahom. Rabbi Lozer Bar saying it was a receptacle, the Rabbanon saying it was a hollowed-out cavity that led to the tahom. Incredible. But say, so again, you know, there's, there's more to talk about with this also. Um, fine. Let's go right there. Says the Yimara. So we'll say, Amr Rishlakish. So, so what I want to point out is something very interesting over here as well. Um, fine. So the, we'll say, now... What the Gemara is going to kind of veer away from the Shisin to speak a little bit about the nature of the Nesachim on the Mizbeach itself. So this is actually a very beautiful Gemara. So when we go ahead and we pour wine on the Mizbeach, this is beautiful. But so when they would do a wine libation, Nesachim, pour wine on the Mizbeach, they would plug up the, the, the Shisin. They, they'd plug up the drain, right? Why? In order to be Mekhaim the Pasik, Makodesh in holiness, Hasech Nesech Shechar Lashem. My Mash, what does this mean? In other words, how do you see from that Pasik that you should plug up the Shisin? This is beautiful. Amra Papa, Shechar, Lashon Shesia, Lashon Sevia, Lashon Shechris. Shabbos, here's what's beautiful. The word Shechar, Makodesh Hasech Nesech Shechar Lashem. Is the word Shechar, so Rashi, so the Gemara says, means a couple of things. It means Shtia, drinking. It means Svia, being sated. And it means Shichros. Now, Shichros literally means what? Literally means what? Drunkenness. What it means is a sense of overindulgence. So the Gemara understood over here, Chazal on the surf, notion of Shechar, that when you pour the wine on the Mizbeach, the wine should like remain there. Kind of like look, making it look like the Mizbeach is sated, like the Mizbeach is drinking, like the Mizbeach is indulging. So, you know, if you just pour the wine and the shisin are open, so what happens? You pour in what? You pour in what? Goes down the drain, right? We're, we're done. But if you plug up the shisin, when you do the, the nisachim, what happens? The wine sits on the surface of the Mizbeach, creating this picture of the indulgence of the Mizbeach. So the Gemara says, that's the mitzvah of nisachim. Amar Papa Shmamina. Rav Papa says, we see something very interesting from here. Kisava inish chamra migrone sava. That apparently, we'll say this is fascinating. That when you enjoy wine, enjoyment of wine comes in your throat, which is interesting. Not on your palate, right? Not on your palate. But enjoyment of wine comes from when you, from when you swallow, when you have it in your throat. So the Gemara says, the Gemara says, if you take a look at Rashi, Rashi says over here, migrone sava, when you take big gulps, big gulps, and your throat is filled with wine, this is very interesting. As opposed to eating, where at the end of the day, your sense of satiety is dependent on how much food gets into your stomach. So whether you eat in big bites, whether you eat in small bites, as long as a lot ends up in your stomach, you're full. When it comes to wine, the enjoyment of wine comes from large gulps, 
that could be in your throat at one time. So we'll say the Gemara saying, this is almost like the Mizbeach. The Mizbeach gets like a big gulp. We plug up the Shisin so that there should be a lot of wine on top of the Mizbeach at once. That's quote unquote the enjoyment of the Mizbeach. So the Gemara says, Therefore, this is very important. That therefore, a Tamut Chacham, who doesn't have a lot of wine, Gemara is assuming maybe the Tamut Chacham doesn't have a lot of money to spend on wine. How should he drink it? Ligma Gimue. You should take big gulps. Big gulps. Big gulps of wine. It also, also reflective of the type of wine they had. And also, right today, this sounds very offensive. For a good wine, you're going to take a big gulp of wine. Right, so again, this is, this is Gemara says, the Tamut Chacham should take big gulps of wine. Rava Akasa Debir Rava, when it came to a kosher bracha, he would take big gulps. Big gulps. So in other words, instead, in other words, we'll say, what, is it, what do you mean big gulps? So the best way to illustrate this is the opposite. As opposed to what? As opposed to sipping. Right? There's no enjoyment, the Gemara says, of wine when sipping, but rather, again, it's big gulps that give a person that sense of satiety. Incredible. Good. Also, it's also reflective, reflective of their of their type of wine. So the Gemara, and but here's what's amazing about side. Isn't this incredible? Where does a Jew learn how to drink wine? Where does a Jew learn from drink wine? From the mizbech. From the mizbech. We'll say everything I learn in life, I learn from Torah. Everything, including even how to drink wine, I learn from. You would say, "Come on, isn't there anything in life I can figure out on my own?" And the answer is no. <laughs> the answer is no. Even drinking wine, you learn it from the mizbech. Quite, quite incredible. Quite incredible. We'll say, you know, it also tells you something amazing. You know, this idea of gulping the kosher bracha. Again, it's not, I just want to point out, it's not a halacha brought down in Shukhnarach, so one doesn't have to gulp their wine. But, but this notion, especially vis-a-vis a kosher bracha, is that seen sometimes, you know, the gulp, you know, when you gulp something, when you gulp something, what does that show? Like, you're committed to that item. Right? When you, you know, why, why, think about this, why is it that people sip wine? Let me ask, why does a person sip a glass of wine? Right? I'm not committed. I'm not committed. But I'm, I'm going to take a sip. Maybe a turn, maybe a this, maybe a that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sip it. I'm not committed to you. I have no commitment to this glass of wine. If it turns out I don't like it, I don't like the bouquet, I don't like this, I don't like that. When you gulp something, when you gulp something, you're all in. You're all in. How do you drink a kosher bracha? How, 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 how do you drink a mitzvah? All in. See, the problem is sometimes is we sip mitzvahs. We sip ruchnias. We sip the Ribbono Shalom. I have commitment issues. I'm going to try it. Let's see how it goes. Right? I like you. You like me. Maybe we should see other people. We'll see what happens over here. Right? I, I'm, I'm definitely willing to experiment. Definitely willing to try gulp. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not a gulper. I'm a sipper. And people go through life being sippers. And they're sippers of everything. Right? Some people just have commitment, have issues being all in for anything in life. The Gemara says, we learn from the Mizbech, if you're going to do something, you're going to do mitzvahs, you're going to create a relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, gulp it. Gulp it. All in, in order to be successful in life. The Gemara goes right there. All from the Mizbech. All from the Mizbech. The Gemara says, Darash Rava. Such a beautiful Gemara. Darash Rava. What, the happening is 7.30? Is that we moved? I heard we moved it while I was away. Because it says again, Darash Rava. So we'll say very beautiful over here. The Gemara quotes from Shia Shirim. Literally again, means how beautiful are your steps in the shoes or in the sandals. The daughter of the prince. What does this mean? Listen to how beautiful this is. How beautiful are the footsteps of Cloud Israel? 
Bishash onun l'regel. When they do aliyah l'regel. This is a beautiful gemara. The, the Navi, I'm sorry, is, is extolling how beautiful your steps are to the base Hamikdash when you're ol l'regel. I'll say, isn't this a beautiful imagery? That here, Shalom Aleich is saying, you know, sometimes just, you know, we just spoke about gulping, you know, being all in. And sometimes it's just the beauty with just showing up. How beautiful it is with Klal Yisrael when they just show up, when they just are all regal. First of all, just that image. You know, I have a poster I hang up in my sukkah that it's, it's ruined already from just years of rain, but I refuse to get rid of it. Because it's like it's a famous picture of like you see people walking over the mountaintops of Yerushalayim into the base Hamikdash. And both like, there's just something. No matter how afraid it is, there's something just magical about that image. And Emirat Hashem, we're going to see Bekarov. We're going to see very soon in our days of people just converging on Yerushalayim from all different on base from all different directions. How beautiful it is to see your footsteps. How beautiful it is to see you walking to the base Hamikdash. So beautiful. Bas Lediv, the daughter of the prince, Bito Sha'armavinu. Who is Klalisa? We are the daughter, so to speak, of Avramavinu. Shenikra Nidiv. Avramavinu was called the Nidiv. I will say now, interestingly enough, why are we called you know why the daughters of Avramavinu, not the sons of Avramavinu? So again, th- this could very easily be answered by anyone with daughters. Right? There's a different relationship that one has with daughters than one has with sons. And the, 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 the need to protect a daughter, right? The need to go ahead and for a father to... to so we're, we're called the daughters of Armavinu. That there's a connection. There's always a different kind of connection between a daughter and her parents than a son and his parents. We're the daughter of Armavinu. Nediv, say, why is Armavinu called a Nediv? Look at Rashi. This is incredible. Nediv, Shenadvo libo lahakires boro. We'll say, listen to this Lashon. Shenad Volibo means what? Literally, a nedava is what? A gift or a voluntary, right? A voluntary offering. Shenad Volibo. See, I'll say, here's what's amazing. So what was the godless of Armavinu? The godless of Armavinu was, he gave a nedava of his leave. He gave a nedava, he gave a gift of his heart to the Ribbon Shalom. You see, we'll say, here's what's amazing. Observance is commanded upon us. Right? Observance is commanded. I have to, I have to do mitzvahs. In other words, it's not, of course, it's not like, I, I can't, I have a choice not to do it. But Lamai said, it's a tzivui. It's a tzivui. Shabbos is a commandment. Right? Shatnes is a commandment. Kashros is a commandment. is a commandment. These are mitzvahs. These, these are commands. My willingness to give, or the giving of my heart to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that's in the Dava. That's an adava. HaKadosh Baruch Hu could command me to give my body, right? He could command me to keep the mitzvahs, which he does, but a willingness to, but, a, but giving over my heart to give the devotion my leave, that's an adava. So Avramavinu was called an adiv. Why? Shenad valibo. He went ahead and he gifted his heart to the Ribbon Olam. HaKadosh Baruch Hu can't command, he can command you to give your guf. He can't command you to give your leave. That I have to decide on my own. The greatness of Armavinu, why is he called the Nediv? Shenodvo Libo Lahakir Esboro. Because he gave the Ribbono Shal Olam the greatest gift in the world. We'll say, what's the greatest gift I can give HaKadosh Baruch Hu? The greatest gift? My lay. This is the Gemara. As the Chazal say, Rachmana Liba Boi. What does HaKadosh Baruch Hu desire more than anything in this world? My heart. My heart. My body he commands. Right? My heart he can't command. My heart is mine.
My heart is mine. The greatest gift I can give to the Rebbe is my heart. That's something that's called in a div. So incredible. So the Gemara says, So the Gemara says, literally again, the princes of the nations will gather, the nation of the, right, Why is Chashparuch identified as the God of Avram, not the God of Yitzchak and Yaakov? Ultimately, again, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is identified as the God of Avraham. Why? Because Avraham Avinu ultimately, again, was the big, Giving of all converts. He was the first ger, so to speak. Now, not only was he the first ger, but he was the first person. What the Gemara is saying is, what made him unique? He was the first person, ultimately, again, shenadva libo lahakir esboro. He was the first person who willingly gave his heart to the Rebbeinu Shalom. Isn't that incredible? There were other monotheists before Avram, right? There weren't people who spread the word of HaKadosh Baruch Hu like Avram Avinu. Avram was unique in that respect. He's not the first monotheist, right? Plenty of people before him believed in HaKadosh Baruch Hu also, but what made Avram Avinu unique was he was Dinadiv, the first person, Shinod Volibo Lahakiras Boro, who gave his heart, who gave his heart to the Rebbeinu Shalom. Turn to be Rabbanan, Siv. It's beautiful, Gemara. Ma'idich Siv, Chamuki Yerechaich, what does it mean again? Going back to the pasuk we saw before in Shira Shirim, literally again the roundness of the thighs. Why is Torah compared to a thigh? Just like the thigh is a part of the body that's normally covered up, af So to divrei Torah should also be done. Literally, beseser means privately. What it means, Rabbi say, is quietly, quietly that a person doesn't have to make a big fanfare about the fact that they learn Torah. So we'll say, this is, ab- this is absolutely beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. So the Gemara says, look at Rashi for just a moment. Rashi says, It's almost right across in the Gemara. We'll say, the greatest way to learn Torah, and the greatest Kavarat Torah, is to learn Torah privately. Below Leos Yoshev Vishona Begova Shalir, person should not go ahead and sit and learn at the highest point of the city. Below Lishanos Lishnos Tamidov Bishuk, and a person should not teach his students in the marketplace. In other words, I will say that there's a notion that Tamu Torah takes place bitsnios. As we'll see in just a moment. Talmud Torah takes place in a more private setting, just like the thigh is part of the body that's covered. So one is private about their spiritual endeavors as well. So I said, listen to this beautiful Gemara. What's the meaning of the Pasuk? In me, Charbo said this incredible Gemara. Man, I will tell you what is good. And what HaKadosh Baruch Hu asks of you, what does God ask of you? Kimasos mishpat, perform mishpat, perform acts of justice. Va'avas chesed, love kindness. Va'tznei leches im Hashem elokecha. And ultimately, again, walk modestly with Hashem your God. They both say, this is what the Rebbe Hashem wants of us. Number one, asos mishpat. What does it mean, asos mishpat? Pretty self-explanatory. Za'adin. This refers ultimately, again, to judgment. To judgment. Va'avas chesed, love kindness. Zu gemilos chasodim. This refers to acts of charitable kindness. Vatsne leches im Hashem alokecha. What does it mean again? Beat sanua when you walk with Hakadosh Baruch Hu. The first, two, the first two are self-explanatory, right? Asos mishpat is din. Be just, which means a couple of things. Number one, 
create judicial systems, right? Create a system that's capable of, of perpetrating justice. Also be just and be honest and be upright in your own dealings. Avas chaset, that's understandable also. Gemilas chasadim, ultimately again, be a, we'll, we'll get into that more, but that's chaset. What does it mean though to be modest in the way you go ahead and you walk with Hashem? This refers to taking out of the dead. We'll say this refers to going ahead and burying the dead, taking care of the dead, and achnosas kala, right? Taking care of achnosas kala. So the Gemara says, now this is interesting. Why do we why do we ascribe hatsni alechas to these items? So the Gemara says, dvarm kalachomer. Listen to this. Now remember again the common denominator between taking out the dead and right and what and a is what they're both public events. They're both public events. And yet the Torah is telling me, even things that are normally performed publicly, Amra Torah Hatsne Lachas, the Torah says, be modest, be modest. Ultimately, again, Dvarim Shedarkon Lasos Bitsina Alachas Kama Vakama. We'll say, if the Torah is telling me to be modest with public events, the Torah is telling you, when you bury the dead, be modest. When you go in and you make a chuppah, be modest. So we'll say, take a look at Rashi's moment. This is incredible. Rashi says, we'll say the point, by the way, how do you get, just as an aside, how do you know that atzne leches means burying the dead and arranging a chuppah? Where, like, where, where do you get that from? Because the word leches, the word leches, is used both in the context of burying the dead as well as making a wedding. That, that's the, Rashi, Rashi points that out over here. Tov leleches al beis evel, mi leches le beis mishta. Pasukin koheles. So the Torah, so the, so Shomach uses the word leches by burying the dead, leches with a chasena. So atznei leches means that even when you're performing these acts, do so modestly. Look at the rest of the Rashi. Av sham tzarech atzneya, lisod b'mida noah, Listen to this. It means when you make a chasana, when you make a chasana, do it appropriately. Don't do it over the top. Don't do it little. Listen to me. Have a nice suuda. Have a nice simcha. So number one means don't get carried away with the simcha. But also means the way we make simchas to be tzanua, to be modest, so to speak, in the way that we make simchas. Here we go. Others say that if you're collecting money for the burial needs of someone for Achnasas Kala, do so quietly. In other words, we'll say, don't make a big deal. If you're collecting money for these needs, don't make it. Either it means that in the performance of the Levaya or in the performance of the Chasana, be modest, or in the collection, be modest. So the Gemara says, listen to this. So therefore the Gemara says, these are, these are events, a levaya, a chasana, that are public events. So if the Navi's telling me to be modest in public events, then all the more so it means to be modest in, in private events as well. So highlighting, we'll say, you know, unfortunately, all too often, we only think about the concept of tznius, right, in, in terms of a dress code. But the concept of tznius is, is most importantly in the realm of personalistic behavior. How do we conduct ourselves? It's both in public events, private events, even in our ruchnius, right? There's a notion of tznius in the way one conducts oneself spiritually. There's a notion of tznius in how we conduct ourselves with our wealth. There's this notion of tznius with how we conduct ourselves with our brachos in general. 
the notion of just being a little bit more of a modest, understated individual is what the Navi is trying to convey to us. Incredible. Amr Belazer, Godla Osetz, Takayos, Mikala Karbanos, says these are beautiful, beautiful Gimaras. Right? Literally, again, that Godla Osetz, Takayos, Mikala Karbanos. One who gives tzedakah is even greater than, the act of giving tzedakah is greater than the act of performing all of the karbanas. Shene Amar, Asay tzedakah o mishpat, nivchar la Hashem mezevach. So we'll say pretty explicit pasuk in Mishlei. Literally, one who does tzedakah mishpat is more beloved or more chosen by a Kaddish Baruch Hu Mizevach from a Karban. So one who goes out and gives tzedakah, I will say, isn't this incredible? One who gives tzedakah is even better than one who has brought all different kinds of Karbanos. Absolutely incredible. Listen to this. Chesed, performing acts of chesed, is even greater than tzedakah. So I will say, so just, I want to point out to you, because this is going to get a little bit interesting. Usually, Gemilas Chasadim represents like an overarching category of acts of kindness, which includes also what? Which includes also what? Tzedakah, right? Tzedakah is under the umbrella of Gemilas Chasadim. Here, the Gemara is kind of dividing them, although we'll bring them back in just a little bit. Tzedakah represents the giving of money. Gemilas Chasadim represents physical acts of kindness, right? You know, those type of things where I'm actually doing, I'm actually doing an act of kindness physically. So the Gemara says, Chasad is even greater than Tzedakah. Shnei Amar, Zara Lechem Litzedakah, V'Katsu Lefi Chasad. So let's listen to this, because the Pasuk over here, the Gemara quotes from Tehillim, that literally again, no, I'm sorry. So I'm from, from Hosea. Zero lachem litzdaka, which literally means so, right? Or plant for you for tzdaka. Kitzru lefi chesed. Harvest in accordance with chesed. So I'll say, so watch what's happening over here. Tzedaka is compared to planting, right? Chesed is compared to harvesting. Watch this. So the Gemara says, Im adozorea safek ochel, safek eno ochel. If a person plants something, he's not sure, will, will, will it flourish or won't it flourish? Once a person is harvesting, they're certainly going to eat. So, we'll say, so what, what, what's the pshat? When you give tzedakah, when you give tzedakah, we'll say, there's always, there's always a, a doubt with tzedakah. What's the doubt? What's the doubt? Is it legit? Right? Is legitimate or not? And, and there's, by the way, I will say, I just want to point out, if a person gives tzedakah to someone, to something that's not really a genuine tzedakah, do you get schar for that mitzvah? So you definitely get schar. Anytime you do something good, you go ahead and you get, you get reward for that. But it's not tzedakah. Right? If, if, if somebody scams me and I end up giving money to someone who doesn't need it, that's actually not tzedakah. Kashmaruch said, try to do the right thing, but it's not tzedakah. So giving tzedakah is like planting. Did I give to a legitimate source, not give to a legitimate source? Chesed is harvesting. Because when you perform an act of chesed, one thing is clear, which is you've unequivocally done something positive. So in this respect, in this respect, there's never a suffix with gemilas chasadim, but there can be a suffix ultimately again with, with, with tzedakah. I will say, we'll see chazal build, we'll have to stop over here for this for today, but we'll see chazal build on this theme that to a certain degree, chesed is even greater than tzedakah for a different reason, a simple reason that sometimes it's much easier 
to give of my money than it is to give of myself. We all know this. It's easier to cut a check than it is to give of my time, of myself, of my personalistic resources. And therefore Chazal tell us that to a certain degree, Kamilas Chasodim will even be of greater value than Staka Tzav. We'll say we'll stop over here for today. Don't worry, tomorrow it's a short Amad Aleph, as you can see. So we'll go through. We're not finished. Incredible, incredible sugyas on Staka, on Chesed, and Mirat Hashem tomorrow to be continued. Shkayach, everyone.